Welcome back to the Commonwealth Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. As usual, my name is Kieran and I've got with me Eli. Yo, what's up? And I've got Anton. Hey, 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 hello. So, how are you all doing? Anton, what have you been doing this week? I had a buddy in town um, from Ottawa come visit. So I did the uh, did the rounds in Halifax, fucking ate a big donair, um, uh, whatever else you do out here. Went to Peggy's Cove, went to a nice restaurant. Um, yeah, did the rounds. But yeah, other than that, been chilling pretty hard, drinking, you know. And a little don- bit hungover today. <laughs> and a donair is a doner kebab for any English listeners. It's not. It's not. It's, it's a different thing. Well, it sounds very similar. And when I looked it up, it was. Other than that sauce, what was the sauce now? Was it like honey, uh, like syrup or something that you put on it? Don't no, worry about it, man. Condensed milk, vinegar. <laughs> condensed milk, yeah. Wow. And sugar. And sugar, man. On a, on, on lamb. I, I I can't really imagine all those things going together so well. But oh, they, not... they are unreal. You were missing out. I know. I'm not yeah, really. Man. Don't <laughs> hate it till you try it. Coming from England, I'm not really one to criticize any country's cuisine, but anyway. Is it boiled? No, therefore it's better. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and how about you, Eli? What have you been up to this week? Uh, trying to dodge the heat as normal. Uh, this last weekend, we went up and saw the puppy at the breeder. So oh, you got a puppy. Getting the, getting the mini Dashun. That's, she's coming home 21st. So we're excited, trying to get all everything bought up. And little thing is tiny. like. Fits yeah, in one hand. Pick, you should post a pick on the uh, on the uh, Commonwealth Instagram because I will use the puppies likes to to get all the people in. If it's anything like, like the UK now, you can tell me if this happened in Spain. But like the dog prices have completely inflated because people had a load of disposable income over lockdown and couldn't leave the house. It's like oh, uh, so many people bought dogs. So like the prices have tripled here. How's it in Spain, Eli? Yeah, depending on the breed, it's become fucking unreal because yeah, like you guys, when everyone went into lockdown, the only like way you get could get out of the house aside from groceries was if you had a pet to walk. Ah. Uh, everyone had the bright idea to get a fucking animal. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they were they were fit enough to have an animal or not. So you have a bunch of people that like would get an animal for the week of lock, a couple weeks of lockdown, and then would try to abandon it or some stupid shit. But like, yeah, like. The prices have shot up for sure, especially if you're looking for like a, a purebred. Mm. I think they're definitely skyrocketed for sure. But yeah, so like a dog's like your COVID pass. I wish I could have afforded a dog over lockdown, but it's something we're looking at in the future. We're trying to get a golden retriever, which will be an absolute massive commitment. But I mean, just look at a golden retriever, man. How could anybody not want one of them? Yeah, like I've had dogs my entire life. This is this is uh, Bella's first dog. That her mom never let her have a dog, and I was always like, "Yeah, like I love animals. Like I've I've had so many pets. I had dogs, raccoons, deer, fucking rabbits. I've had everything for pets. So like I was always like, "Yeah, I'm game whenever we can." And so we got one, but it's a it's a mini because our apartment's not too big. And if we're possibly looking to go to the Netherlands, like to try to travel with something like that. Mm. You guys, and then like older retriever size, if you try to change continents, change countries, it's like uh, you have to pay to put them in the back of the plane, and that's a whole different stressor and all that. But with the mini dashun, you take it as a carry on and carry that shit like you you would with your fucking computer. Awesome, man! You can clip that. The Commonwealth Podcast loves all the good boys. That's what we love. <laughs> all we are pro people. dog. We are pro. <laughs> yeah, we are. We petition pro dog. Anyway. <laughs> So, 
This week, the topic is going to be geographically close to Korea. However, extremely different in a in a lot of ways. And we're going to talk about all those ways. So me, Anton and Eli have all been to Japan, albeit just for just a bit of travel while we were in the area. You know, it's actually further than I thought. It took an hour and a half or maybe two hours even to get to from Seoul Airport, Tokyo, which was it took me, for me, that was surprisingly long. But yeah, Japan's a great place to visit. So let's get into it. I think a lot of people think, you know, again, ge- geographical location and that, like quite, it'd be quite similar, but didn't really find, obviously there's comparisons and a lot of differences too. So Eli, was there anything, you know, between the two countries that you've found that really stood out as being different or something that maybe was just exactly the same? Well, of course, like some of the expectations you hear of the different people or different age groups and stuff like that, that's kind of not the exact same, but comparable to say at least. Uh, aside from that, like, the technology I see, I, I found it was comparable to being like the same type of like the same development, but in completely different streams, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah, it does. We'd have, we'd have things in Korea that make, made sense for Korea that were like years ahead of things you'd see in the West. Then you have the same thing in Japan. Even if it's like the same type of operation, it needs to be done completely differently, which is always fun. Mm. I also really found that it was kind of a different pace. Like Korea, you guys can say this for sure. Like it always felt like everyone was going 100 kilometers an hour. Like even like I wake up sometimes nights and I have like construction workers working at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> grinding things next to my apartment, being like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And like you go there, and it seems like it's definitely open all the time, like any other country of that type of size and development. But of course, there's parts of it where it's like you feel like you can actually kind of relax. I found like, I found like I can have more of a vacation feel and more of a relaxed feel in Japan than I could in Korea. I don't know if anyone else here kind of feels the same way, but I found it was different pacing-wise. Similar, but drastically different. I definitely get that because when I went, I, can't, I know this is going to sound weird. I don't know if it was the fashion or just the vibe that I got. And it's, it's quite an artistic city. I think the first time that we stayed, we stayed in a place called Ueno, which is like kind of... Not like beatniks, but like it's quite it's quite arty area. Like everybody was like on bikes all the time, and like they want that much traffic. Yeah, I did go during Chinese New Year, so I don't think that's a holiday in Japan. But anyway, everything was super chill. It kind of gave me like a European vibe. I don't know if it was just where I was staying, but certainly I, I agree with that. Like it being much more chill than Tokyo was much more chill than Seoul for me. Um, and sorry, have you got anything to comment on that, or anything that you wanna? No comparisons, differences between Tokyo, Seoul. Yeah, one of the first things I noticed, like right when I got there, was like the the fashion um, was more like individualistic. Mm. Um, if that's a word, I might have just made that up. That definitely is. Uh, <laughs> but uh, perfect. Um, <laughs> like in in Korea, everything's kind of like uh, how would you say it? Not the, the uniform, same, but more uniform. Yeah, yeah. like people, kind of, a lot of people kind of have the same haircuts and a lot of people kind of wear the same clothes, which doesn't look bad. I think it looks like very neat and clean, their mm-hmm. fashion. Um, but like in Japan, they were definitely wearing like more different colors, different hairstyles, like clothes in general, like more like just variety as far as like the fashion sense went. Mm-hmm. Um and the second part that I recognized um, walking around Tokyo for the first time was like they have these like green spaces in the middle of the city, like a lot, 
Like it's not as like concretey jungle as it is uh, as Seoul is. I noticed like there's just like I remember we were me and Cody were walking around. Um, my buddy Cody from Texas that we had on the podcast in previous episodes. Uh, we were walking around. We just like ran into like this massive like forest, like dead in the middle of of Tokyo, and it was just like beautiful. And we just walked through the whole thing, just like super old fucking trees and ponds and all kinds of that shit. And that is one thing that I like Korea doesn't really have like would yeah. you guys agree with that yeah no definitely like there's obviously a lot of like national parks and stuff and mountains but in terms of like you know a bit of greenery in the middle of the city I remember there was a place yeah. called in Seoul it was called like Seoul National Forest and Cemetery or something I was like oh could it not just be a forest I mean I've got nothing against cemeteries but I'd prefer if it was just a forest and I never actually went to that place but like it was always somewhere that came up in the in the subway but yeah I agree with that from my experience. Yeah, a lot more like green spaces and stuff. And generally as well, one point that I wanted to make was I found that Tokyo was just like super clean. Like if you go to like Gangnam or Hongdae, especially on Saturday nights, like it was just it was just like the smell, the smell of like hot trash in the summer. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, the, the I, lovely flyers, guys. They're just, they're, their flyer <laughs> technique was just amazing. Like everyone else is probably listening. Where they like, oh, like they put up flyers on buildings with the glue or maybe stick oh, to a yeah. totem pole. No, they grab a handful of about 150 of these like little like book-sized papers and just rifle them into the air and then walk the fuck away. Man, it was just like a snap <laughs> of the wrist, right? Like they yeah. have a, they, they, I, when you would see them do it, it was so funny. Like they it would just walk around and it would be like it, there was a technique to it, obviously. Because when they would snap the wrist, they would go fucking everywhere. They would be like flying in the sky and then they would all land on the ground. Doesn't matter if it's wet, dry, whatever. And then yeah, there was the sad the sad part was that the old people would be picking them up in the morning. Yeah. yeah you, you literally just be like they'd be like, uh, bar, free drinks, many girls, many <laughs> Yeah. And just walk away. Yeah. I think that ev- I think that even even the sadder part was I was there to watch them throw them and then I would be out until the morning time to see them pick them up. Yeah. And like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and like yeah. I, I have friends when they throw them at bar. five PM, I'm 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 out until fucking seven AM. You see the whole life cycle. And they still fucking they used to stick them on the floor as well, do you remember? Like when you're at the the waiting to cross the road and then it'd just be like one on one English classes, or they'd just be like some guy advertising his gym or something. Do you remember that? They would like they'd like stick them to the floor. Yeah, they'd be like taped yeah. there. Yeah. The worst thing is, like, I thought originally, like, maybe it was just like they had a shit job and they didn't want to do it, so they just kind of like fucking did what they did. No, I had a friend of mine who used to work in the pubs, and they said that literally their manager that told them that's what you do. You walk into a crowd of people. Rifle them into the air and walk away. <laughs> yeah, and I was one, like, it was just baffling for like they're like, oh yeah, we must be really green, and then you do that. Like, what? <laughs> I feel like that brings me on to something that I wanted to mention. Like, I I don't know if you guys can compare this to Tokyo, but like the capitalism or the level of like marketing in Korea is just on steroids. Like one example of this is you go into the. I remember I always remember it was in this one shop, but they did it in other shops. This shop called Olive Young, which is kind of like a cosmetic oh, store or boots. Yeah, so, I remember that. like, you go in, and like every time someone opens the door, the walker will shout "Olive Young Imnida," which means that it's it's Olive Young. Like, but it never really made sense. It was like, why are they saying it's Olive Young as I come in? It's like I know, <laughs> but I feel like it was like some way of like marketing to people all the time. But like, yeah, 
everywhere you go, there's like papers advertising something. And like they've always got like these big sale events on where someone will be like in front of the store with a microphone and they'll get some like scantily clad girl and she'll be on the microphone and she'll like dance or sing. <laughs> Do you guys remember this? You, oh, sure. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you had the, the, the salespeople that would follow you around the fucking market. <laughs> that, that, that bothered me. Like, I don't mind, like, you doing your whole spiel in the front of the place or you doing whatever you want to do with, like, whatever you say when I come in. Because I've, I've worked at places where it's like, oh, welcome to this. Like, it was like, a thing you had to say. <laughs> you had people that would just, like, and this happened for everyone. Like, Korean, American, whoever walked in the fucking store. They saw you, and then they want to be, and it, and it comes from a good place, but I find it super annoying. Mm. Where like they would just be like, they would want to follow you around so they could be the most helpful and most of service to you. They they could like if you wanted a question or you wanted something, you they were there. Mm. Like that, like like we were talking about different people like that. That's literally they were like. I ran into them more than more than not, to be honest. I don't like to be a bother or to be accosted at the same time. So it's like a mixture yeah. of the two of those. But like I don't want to bother you. I don't need your help. Yeah. Also. You're kind of annoying. Please leave me alone. Feeling pressured. I always feel pressured when people try to help me too much. I don't like it. Yeah, that that was like one of, I think that might have been my biggest pet peeve of like the cultural differences in Western to Eastern. I mean, I don't know if it's, if it's ever, if it's just in Korea, but like the people following you around the store was just mm-hmm. like, it was, I, I knew what they were doing and I knew that they, that they meant well. And I knew that it was just a cultural difference, but I still, yeah, I doubt it was just hard to get over that one. I was just like, Oh, so annoying. I just want to like shop and just be left alone. Like it made me not want to browse. Mm. Like when I went into yeah, like, look exactly. for something, I, it made me want to leave. It's like, it's like, okay, I got, I got to get in and get this and leave. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like, I didn't want to walk around the store to like, Hey, what do they have on the shelf over here? Because the person was like glued to my side the whole fucking time. And I didn't comparing that, bringing it back to Japan. I only noticed that really in Akihabara, which is like the electronical gaming district. And you can also go to a maid cafe. I only really noticed like being accosted in those areas. So, did you guys notice this level of like, you know, pestering in Japan at all? Did you so, notice it, Anton? I do. Uh, I do have a funny story. I remember me and Cody like being out. I think it was like in Shinjuku or whatever, like in like in the nightlife part. And um, we went to like a uh, hookah bar, and we did. We ended up just like walking past the same woman like a couple times, and she was like massage 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 like you you like pointing at at me and cody she's like massage massage we're like no thank you no thank you and then like we we ended up like i said like we walked by like another time she's like she's like special massage like happy massage she's like <laughs> get it get it she's like wink wink nudge nudge we're like yeah no we're fine we're fine and then like the third time we walked by she's like it's a hand job do you want a hand, <laughs> <laughs> sex you want sex we're like we know <laughs> I, like, I like how the facade just no. drops off it goes, it goes from massage to happy massage to it's a yeah. fucking hand job get in the yeah. it's a hand job it's a hand job do you want one <laughs> reminds me of that uh, going super bad the funny thing about my back is it's located on my cock yeah <laughs> yeah exactly it was just like a... we know we know that uh you uh you're offering sex services under the guise of of, of a massage oh my goodness i hope you went to church the next day yeah i mean i didn't i didn't um indulge in that uh in that world we were uh everything everything was quite expensive in in tokyo so we were uh we were on a little bit of a budget yeah that's why i stayed out of tokyo mate like between that and like 
some of the more like places like, I don't mind going to the tourist areas and places like, yeah, like of course if I'm going to a country, I usually try to like hit some of the things, but like after watching so many different videos and stuff like that, about like Akihabara and places like in Shinjuku, it's like, it feels, it felt a lot like, yeah, there's some cool things to do here and I'll definitely go do them at some point, but it's like, they're going to cost you literally half of your like your trip money just to go spend three days there when i can spend two weeks like i did mm. and like and do like another poison of like another part of the the whole whole country and do a lot more with it than definitely man and speaking of budgets a big part of the budget is where you're gonna stay where you're gonna stay where you're gonna stay what kind of places are available like capsule hotels hotels airbnbs etc so the first place that I stayed was a place called, which I mentioned earlier, called Awena, which is kind of like really artsy, a lot of museums and cool cafes and stuff. Really nice area, recommend to stay there. It wasn't too bad. I think it was about uh, maybe about 60 US dollars. See, I'm just doing it just to be convenient there, put it in dollars, but yeah, about $60 a night. And we just stayed in a, a fairly small like uh, hotel. But the, yeah, the, the hotels are small and hotels are expensive in Japan. So I would recommend booking as far ahead as you can. But what um what area did you stay in, Eli, when you when you went? Did you go multiple times to Japan or just the once? I just went to the once. We planned on going back this year, but different things between the pandemic spreading out longer than we thought it was going to with different things with jobs and whatnot. Decided not to go back. We will at some point. We both love the place. But, like, I, I stayed in Kyoto and in Osaka. So I landed in Osaka, took one of, not the bullet train, but the next, like, speed down train that doesn't cost as much. Took that to Kyoto and then kind of, like, worked our way back after the fact. We were there during uh, during New Year's of uh, December 31st, first. We were in those places. When we were there, though, we stayed in, like, a dorm-style hostel that would be reminiscent of what we stayed in, what, what I would have stayed in. Kind of like mm. one room, bunk beds, 10, 20 people hanging out. Like, not bad, but of course, a lot cleaner than it was in the other parts of Asia I've been in. Of course, like, like yeah. I know you guys can say for sure that like, we went through Vietnam and Cambodia and stuff. Like, you had to check for bed bugs, like, certain parts, certain yeah, showers yeah. weren't used. No, no, no. This place was you, lots of people and people coming in all, all times of day, going in and out, of course, but beautiful. And then when we stayed in Kyoto, we stayed in a much farther kind of like area, like a small area where it was near all the big temples and stuff like that. And we got a little bit farther out of the middle part of the city. And our our hostel, it was essentially like a hotel that was made of four bunk beds. Like that, that was like the quality, I would say. It would. Yeah, like in our hotel, like the bed pretty much took up 75% of the room. And we just had like this aircon unit like over our bed. The walls were like paper thin. I remember there was like there was some dudes next door, like Korean dudes, um, and they were fucking, they were young, and they were like partying until like three o'clock in the morning, and I, I had to go granddad on them. Well, at first I was like, Minji, can you just have a word? I don't know if they're gonna speak English, but Minji was like, I don't want to speak to him. So then I, I just banged on the wall. I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then they were all quiet as mice after that. It was just thought like, it was just like some big angry foreign ogre just like yeah. banging on banging on the wall. <laughs> and afterwards I was like, oh shit, it's a bit of a shitty thing. Anyway. Things happen. What are you going to do? Uh, Anton, <laughs> so what was your... Did you say you stayed in Shinjuku or was that just where you went out? 
Uh, I stayed in Shibuya, which is just, um, I believe it's just either on, on top of or below um, Shinjuku. Right. We were in Shibuya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we just stayed in a hostel, me and Cody did. It was just like a mixed dorm kind of, uh, I think it was like 40 person mixed dorm hostel room, which like, yeah, I remember like hearing what hostels were like and I'm like, how could you fucking sleep around a bunch of strangers? But for some reason it just like works. Like it doesn't. It does. Yeah. Like it, I don't know. I've never seen any fuckery. Like it's just, people just go in there and fucking look at each other and don't talk and then just go to sleep or, you know what I mean? Um, I didn't like hear anyone having sex or like fucking nobody Getting tried to give me or, yeah, nobody tried to give me a hand job. <laughs> Anton was very depressed about that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> he did. He needed a lot of therapy. Yeah, no, I did not want that to jobs. happen at all. Um, but you have like a little curtain and all that. But it wasn't cheap. Like where where we stayed, we stayed in a really nice area. The hostel was like super nice. I think it was like fucking like sixty. It was like fifty or sixty bucks a night. Like oh US. my god. Um, like I said, like we spent a lot of money in Tokyo. The fucking taxis there were so expensive. Do you mm. guys remember this? I never even got in one. Like I okay, the taxis were insanely expensive. Like I would say, like triple, triple, like anywhere else I've ever been. Yeah, the guy like, like it's... has it's like well dressed, right? And he's got like driving gloves on and yeah, there's like velvet like interior. There's like doilies on like the fucking like seats and shit, and it's just like a it's like a I don't know, it's like a classier kind of way to get around, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know like why the cost is so inflated, but the doors open by themselves and the man right that there. drives the taxi. The technology to do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. people say. They're like, was it like all technological? I was like, hell yeah, the fucking taxi <laughs> by themselves. Yes. And like they did, the taxi driver gets really mad when you try and do it. Like I'm supposed to know. Uh, <laughs> it, it's strange though, because you have a mixture of that and the love of technology mixed with all of the older stuff there. So like some of the like a lot of the cars that you would see there, either see like super new, like weird boxy cars, or you see like the old, like the old cars from the eighties and nineties, but in like mint condition, still driving as a taxi, it, like looks like it's brand new type of thing. So I've seen both of those. Like living in Cuba with all the old cars, but they're just modded new engines. But yeah, they, they for a uh, very technologically advanced country. The, the cars were really boxy from what I can remember. They all look like just like, like old saloon kind of things. But yeah, I never got in a taxi. And just because before I read, they were just like, everybody said the taxis were just hella expensive. But um, one thing I wanted to ask is I stayed in, because um, I think it's just one of those done things, right? Like I stayed in a, in a capsule hotel. Uh, I stayed in one <laughs> called Nine Hours in this place called Akusaka. And it was called nine hours because you could stay there. So what was it? The system was something like you can, well, you can sleep when you want, but like you meant to lights out was like, mate, they even had lights out time. It was meant to be between like one and 10. And then every day, even if you'd booked consecutive days stay, you had to get out of your capsule and then put all the stuff in a locker so they could clean everywhere out. So for three hours, you couldn't be in your capsule. So we went out the night out. We went to karaoke and that. And we got hammered. Like, proper hammered. I was thinking, like, Brian Adams and, like, DJ Sammy and all kinds of crap. <laughs> and then it was super hungover, like, because it was an all-you-can-drink place. And then at 10, like, this fucking tannoy just went off. Oh, it was, like, 9.45. It said, it's like, Dot, you have to get out of your pods now. Otherwise, you'll be fine. Out your pods, mate. Out <laughs> <laughs> your pods, mate. They're like, you have to get out now. 
Oh, you'll be fine. You please leave your pods and take all your stuff, or there'll be a penalty. And then my friend was like, what the fuck's this? This is like a gulag, like a prisoner of war camp or something. So everybody, like, <laughs> very depressed and hungover, like, kind of meandered down at the showers, got a very, like, sad hungover shower, put all your stuff in your locker, and then after that, I sat there at the waiting area, and I was just like, I'm cancelling the rest of my stay. Because <laughs> it was just really crap. But anyway, that was one capsule hotel. We then went to a normal one where you could just stay in bed, and that was, that was an experience. You could hear people, like moving next to you and stuff but like a good experience all around did it feel like claustrophobic at all uh no no it was fine um i felt a little earthquake when i was in one that kind of scared me a little bit just because earthquakes are scary at the best of times but when you've got some like fully grown man on top of you like in the in the the capsule above that you know obviously yeah, it's probably not where you want to be when uh, <laughs> when the building when the building falls apart. Yeah, crushed by a thirty-stone man. <laughs> uh, but did you guys, Anton? Did you stay in a capsule hotel or? No, I didn't. I only did the uh, I only did the hostel, and then Cody and I just like uh, we would um, figure out how to use the train, and we kind of went around all of Tokyo um, as much as we could have done in four days. Uh, the train was quite confusing. That was another difference um, um, between Tokyo and Seoul was like the train was much uh, harder to use. There's just like different lines for like different companies on like different lines and shit. Yeah. This is how someone described it to me. Um, so like in order to get from each line to each line, you want to obviously go to like different places and like they're not the, all the lines aren't connected. So like you have to fucking transfer and like buy different tickets and it could just it was just it was a lot harder to use than 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 soul like soul was it's so fucking easy to use um but yeah another difference yeah no 100 percent. like the subway i found that really complicated but eli's usually good at the transport so if i went with eli i probably would have just relied on him like we went to busan like he helped us get around so eli you were the, you were supposed to be there man i kind of i kind of i'm not really that good at it i just kind of lean into not knowing what the fuck to do and just kind of like i guess i'm gonna take it this direction and it will just seem to work uh, See, was, I, yeah i felt the same I way that too, and then we, people, we had to, people like, follow me in in korea like it was just kind of like yeah figured it out like yeah, yeah. team money car was relatively like i think we were given a team money cards so that was easy enough but then like after that like getting around wasn't that difficult because everything was pretty easily labeled and very good. But like in Japan, I remember we had to literally stop and ask an attendant, be like, uh, "Do you have a map or something?" Because we have no idea which way we're fucking going. Like, can you like can you help us? Yeah. And that never happened in Korea. And I'm pretty good with directions. Like, I'm not great, but like I'm not enough that I usually don't have to ask where I'm going because Google Maps is a godsend. I'm usually fine when I'm on my own, but when other people are there, like, it's just, oh, they look like they know what they're doing. And I, yeah, I, I do remember one time, I've probably said this before on the podcast, on the first night, <laughs> we were looking for shamrocks in, uh, in Hongdae, the Irish bar, and it took us a hell of a long time to get there. But anyway, I, I we would probably end up with North Korea if you were following me. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's something. But Did anyway. you guys, do you guys do anything weird in Japan? Anything weird? What uh, kind of yeah. weird? Like, like, like did you... Japan weird or like just weird in general? Yeah, did you find yourself into any weird um, situations? Like, I have, I have a one. So, I mean, if you guys do too, then that would make me feel a little bit better. Yeah, go for it, man. Tell us, and that might spare the memory. Right. Like, so me and Cody were like watching, walking in Shinjuku, and this like uh, guy named Mike came up to us and was just like talking to us for a while. 
and he was like, just go upstairs, go to the strip club in there, and like it's uh twenty dollars all you can drink. We're like twenty dollars all you can drink. We're like no strings attached, like nothing. We can just go drink as much as we want and then leave. He was like, yes, man, you can just go drink as much as you want and you can leave. So like us being drunk fucking idiots, <laughs> we're like, cool, whatever. <laughs> so we go up. It's like we go in an, in an elevator. It doesn't look like a strip club. And then we go into somewhere that looks like an apartment. And then we just walk in and there's like fucking only Japanese women there. And <laughs> they're all just like sitting around like a room. Like it looks like a living room. <laughs> and there's just like poles around. But they're the ones that you can just like take down. And they were all just sitting there doing their hair like in the mirror because it was like midnight maybe or like like 11. Um, so like I guess, I guess they were like getting ready for the night. Um, and there's, there's just like a couple couches. So like the first person we see in there was like this madam. And she was like the scariest woman I've ever seen. Like she had like scars on her face and oh she just God. looked like a rough, rough looking woman. Like the that last person. Yeah, the last person <laughs> you would want to cross. So yeah. I'm already thinking, like, I'm like, we fucked up. So he couldn't turn back at that point. So she, like, just points at two girls, points at us, and then points at a couch. We're like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> we and Cody go walk over, sit on this couch. And then, like, one of the girls sits beside me, and one of the girls sits beside him. And, like, the one that was sitting beside me was, like, a she was probably new. She was younger. She was just, like, very, like, meek and shy and, like, didn't know what to do. But the one Cody had was, like... She aggressive. was like the veteran. She was the aggressive. <laughs> she was the veteran. Like this is it was like not her first rodeo. So yeah, she yeah, was yeah. just like breaking him down. And he was like, what do you want to drink? We're like, uh, vodka. So they just bring over like a big bottle of vodka, except it has no labels on it. It just looked like like, you know, like the water bottles that they bring you at like restaurants. It's like yeah. just like a glass yeah, label list yeah. bottle. Yeah. So it was just like filled with vodka. We were like, OK, whatever. So we just like sat there and like drank the whole bottle of vodka, talked to these girls, and we were, like, fucking smashed. Like, I couldn't even get up. And, like, like after, like, two hours, they're, like, trying to get us, like, they're, like, go to the room with us, go to the room with us, go to the room with us. And, like, we, we, we just kept being, like, no, like, we're just here to have a couple drinks, have a good time, and fucking chat. Okay. And eventually, like, um, the woman, like, the madam came back. She was, like, uh, she was, like, said something in Japanese to, like, the two girls, and they looked, like, scared. Like, it was probably, like, something on, along the lines of, like, do your job. Like, get them in the fucking rooms now. And then I was like, my red flags went off. I was like, all right, we got to go. Like, let's get the fuck out of here. And they're like, you can't leave. And I was like, what the oh. fuck are you talking about? Can't leave. And she's like, if you can find the door to leave, then you can leave. Oh, but my God. Like, if you can't find the door, then you can't leave. That, is, that like, is a proposition. If you can stand up and find the door, you can leave the room. Yeah, because oh. I knew how drunk we were. And I was like, oh, my fuck. And I was like trying to give them a drink, too. And they were like, we can't drink. We can't drink. I was like, this is getting fucked. So, like, I start, like, walking around, like, walking in random rooms. And they're, like, following me around. They're, like, no, no, no. And eventually, like, I found, like, the fucking elevator. And I was, like, let's get the fuck out of here. And then we, <laughs> we ran. We ran down the hallway. I was, like, this is the scariest <laughs> oh, place I've ever uh, been. Wow. But, like, yeah, I feel like we dodge a bullet. That's a really, like, I don't know, salacious version of Saw or something. You know, those movies. Like you guys or almost the, the, uh, the, the new ones is, they're called a escape room, whatever that new franchise is called. Yeah, you guys were moments away from having your fingers cut off, but yeah. Yeah, or like our bank accounts emptied. Like the best case scenario was that they took all of our money and yeah. a hand job. <laughs> well well at that point if they, if they took your entire bank account, you might as well just accept a hand job at that point. Like, yeah, exactly. You're, Get a one thousand dollar hand job. 
In for a penny, in for a pound. Isn't that the saying or something? Exactly, yeah. The said that value for money is dead. You could have got a hand job and mystery vodka, a whole bottle of mystery vodka for $1,000. But yeah, yeah. Um, my, my kind of story would pale in comparison to that, but I'll just tell it anyway. Have you heard of like the, the frog dick guy in, in Tokyo? No. So he's like a, a man in a, in a frog onesie, and he's booked up for months and months on end. But we just tried to drop into his bar. His bar's like proper tiny, like the size of like a shoebox apartment. But it's just got a table in the middle and sofas. And you sit there and a man like hops around the room in his frog onesie and occasionally tugs his frog dick and then brings you drinks. And that's that's the experience. But we tra- we went down to the bar, like, can we come in? And he was just there in all his frog dick glory. And he was like, nah, man, you need to book well in advance. But we did get to see him. But I feel like that's... An underwhelming story compared to yours, but that, that's. I do have questions though. So, it, like, it does he? It's not a real dick, right? No, no, no. It's just like a, you know what a onesie is, right? Yeah. Yeah, like a pajama suit thing. No, he's just got like a dick attached to it, so like a frog dick. So it's just like a, a green <laughs> bit of fabric. I think he just. It just, just reminds. It just keeps. It, it like gives me flashbacks to the uh, the Blue Mountain State episode where they had to pass the the drug test. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that show. Yeah, I've seen Blue Mountain State. It's a good show, actually. At least the first season was. But um, yeah, it was quite the experience. I kind of wish I could have sat there. He's only got like four sofas in his room, I think. But yeah, he just he just tugs his little frog dick at you and that's it, really. <laughs> Eli, do you have anything you'd like to add? To <laughs> I can honestly say scene? that out of all of the, that, that type of issue, I did not have any of a story like that. Like The, the craziest thing I did would have been like, like it, it's just depressing in comparison. It's like painting postcards in an old man's house with just then having tea. That's cool, like, man. That's cool. Yeah. That's that's cool. Ended up like finding, it was raining one day. We were there. It's like okay, we need to find something to fucking do because I'm not gonna walk around in the rain for multiple hours. And it's like oh, well, let's go do this random postcard painting thing. And they like this old couple like in their 80s just open up their shop for us by ourselves that one day. They sat in their house and like talked about things and he played guitar and then then we found some random sushi restaurant and did like the like the really far back ass alleyway like on new year's eve and had really meal, good meal there like i didn't do a whole lot of crazy shit because like i wasn't i didn't drink a whole lot but it was it was a fun trip like i i did miss the uh, the nightlight side of it for sure but part of me is like yeah like it's good to do that but it's also good to have vacations once in a while where i'm not belligerently drunk trying to like kill my head the next day afterwards at the same time i guess it just makes, makes me sound old at this point being like I, I just didn't want to drink no it's good man it's good to have some like wholesome experience. You remember it at least yeah it's good to have some wholesome experiences mixed in there too and like i feel like on that spectrum of stories we went from 11 to 1 with Anton's <laughs> with Anton's story kind of like blowing us all out of the water yeah i but- feel like i feel like he should have like I painted yeah. posters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really did go from 11 to 1, but that that's absolutely fine. Like, you know, it's good because I think Japan, like, accommodates to, you know, you can, it's like a, a hedonist paradise if you want it to be. I think you hit on by, like, a random Korean cougar, though. That was interesting. All right, yeah. Do you want to elaborate on that? Oh. <laughs> There's not much to elaborate. Like, we were in this, the, the hotel-level hostel that we were in, and they were doing like a takoyaki night with a little uh, octopus and uh, what was it, like a pastry kind of like balls they have. They they yeah. have like a really weird like a pan that's just made out of like little circular dishes you can. Like, they're great, but yeah, 
So they're teaching us how to make these. And I'm not a bad cook, but that little, whatever little pan you to use that with, I'm just not, I can't do it. So Bella was using it. And then the, we were there, just us, the guy who like ran the activity. And then some like mid forties, mid fifties, Korean lass was there. And she found that we were from Seoul and that we were there for the weekend. And she literally did not leave me alone for like a good hour. Like I, we had, we had to leave because she wouldn't like leave me alone. And she was just, it was becoming weird. Even for the guy doing the activity, he was getting awkward. Oh God. Oh God. But yeah. So you were making taki, takoyaki, did you say? The little. Yeah. Takoyaki. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, thinking about food, I've, you know, on that topic about food in, in Japan. Overall, I was quite underwhelmed, especially coming from Korea, because Korea has just so many, like, so much, such a diversity of different foods. Like, Japan, I'm sure, does. You know, they've got Kobe and ramen and whatever else. And you've got, like, takoyaki or whatever. But, like, on the whole, I, I was a bit underwhelmed by Japanese food. Do you, mm. uh, do you what do you think about I would that? I would have liked to have, like, an insider, like, someone there that would have been able to, like, show me some really good spots. You know how it's just hard to, like, know really good, like, holes in the wall, like, that type of shit. Um, I had, like, dope ramen there that was good. Mm um i had i went to like a sushi place where it was just like there was nobody working there it was just all like computers wow and there oh, was like the conveyor two, belt places yeah yeah there's two conveyor belts um and basically like you sit there in like a line i'll post a i'll post a uh a picture of it when we um post the episode huh. on the instagram thing but um yeah you just like clack in what what you want and then it just it stops right in front of you on this little like conveyor belt like if you order like beer and everything like that and then you just take like your electronic receipt and then you like go to a fucking the only person that's working there and you pay him which is cool nice like i what probably my best uh food experience was in this in a, in a ramen shop and like there were no like waiting staff there were it was just a like an old like type of like cigarette machine you know like the old cigarette machines you get in the pubs or the bars and like it's like a a big plastic see-through button with the the cigarette brand behind it and anyway you press that put your money in and it gives you out a ticket and then you give that ticket to the chef and then the chef just like puts it in a window and you go get it and you sit in your cubicle that was definitely the best ramen i've ever had in my life and i had like this big like ice cold beer with it and it was just really nice and i was with uh, minji my girlfriend and like we just sat in like our separate cubicles like it's like we're eating but we're not able to talk to each other which i know is a big thing in japan because you know a lot of people like the privacy and it's you know very fast moving and things like that but yeah that ramen experience was probably my favorite food experience in japan so other than takoyaki mm. like is there anything else that was uh you know like a, a, a cuisine experience for you in japan I'm kind of a sucker for Japanese food in general. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I love myself some Korean food by all means. But, like, to be honest, like, if I'm going to go out to get food, aside from a burger, because, of course, you have that greasy food, it's always, like, Japanese or Korean, even here. Like, we have a favorite of each restaurant that we go to every couple of weeks. I, I don't know. I'm just a giant fan of both, to be honest. Yeah, no, 100%. I think, again, like, they, like I said, the the, uh, the start of the podcast, like, for geographically close countries, like the food tends to be quite different. Korean food tends to like you get a lot of spicy food, but Japan it's quite hard. I think they like the milder tastes, so tasty to taste. So yeah, there's enough difference, um, you know, between those two experiences. For go to both countries, man, they're both fantastic countries within their own right. And next week, 
I have a good buddy of mine, Marcel, who actually came to Korea to visit me. And he lived in Japan for three years. So he's going to come on the podcast and tell us all about teaching in Japan, living in Japan, dating mm. in Japan, the whole kit and caboodle. As I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's going to be good. And yeah, we're going to recount when we met him in Korea as well. But we'll save all yep. that for next week. Oh, yeah. There was one there was one thing I did want to say. Um, uh, the Golden Guy um, uh, bars in Shinjuku. Did you go there, Kieran? No, no. What's that? It's like uh, it's like 200 like shanty style like bars. And mm. they're like super small. And they're like four person. They're, yeah, there's like four seats in like each bar or like some of them are even smaller and basically they're just like all jammed into this little fucking area and they're all different so like they're all like themed there's like jazz ones hip-hop ones like nice punk, punk rock like everything like that they were like super expensive they were like it was like 20 dollars for a fucking beer and shit but cody and i went into like three or four of them and it was like really 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 cool so if if anybody goes there i would definitely hit up the shinjuku uh golden guy area yeah, we can ask uh, Marcel about that actually next yeah, week. Definitely. Probably go into a bit more detail, see if he's heard of it. But other than definitely, I did go to a couple of izakayas, but those are kind of like, <laughs> you know, the done thing, I guess. But they're good. They're just like a little, like kind of, I don't know how to describe it. Izakaya. It's like almost like a hut, isn't it? Really, like kind of very wooden, and like you've got your bar and like you've got your bar mm. snacks and stuff. But yeah, different vibe, different vibe from the fucking the little bars but yeah i just wanted to say that because those were super super dope that was like one of the favorite things sweet all right well that's going to wrap it up this week so join us next week to go into that a little bit more with uh, my good friend marcel he's probably got a lot more knowledge about japan seeing as he uh, lived there for three years so look forward to that so it's goodbye from me this week uh adios everyone later on everybody